It might seem some time <laughs> off, but what happens when schools start to reopen? It's been a strange time for everybody, hasn't it? But how will children adjust going back? How can things be made easier? Let's talk to Julie Leone. Julie is a teacher and psychotherapist in Oswestry. Street. Julie, good morning. Morning. Hi. This, this is a subject you've been writing about, isn't it? Yeah, no, I've been thinking about it because I teach psychology and counselling and yoga, so I've been really thinking about it from a, a, you know, it's a different world when the kids go back. I've heard lots of talk about when the kids go back, and I think actually um, they're not going back to the same place, are they? So exams were cancelled, GCSEs were cancelled, A-levels were cancelled. And so that sense of these are things that, you know, we work towards that are immovable have suddenly been removed and so I think um, that plus the fact that lots of our young people may have experienced death, they might have been in families where there was lots of struggle or poverty, where jobs were lost, where there's been lots of stress. I think schools really need to um, think about those things when they when they go back. Um, and obviously all the, you know, if, if we're going back and the social distancing still in place, in order for children and teachers to feel safe, then how are schools going to address that? You know, how are desks? going to be kept clean how how's the dinner queue going to be kept socially distanced and I think that's really important psychologically because if you don't feel safe then you can't learn you can't relax um, and it's going to lead to more stress and, and tension in the schools so I think schools really have got a big job to think about well how can we do that whether it's smaller classes or um, you know only having a few of the kids in at a time so that we can have smaller classes and keeping them apart and then I think the curriculum probably needs to look a bit different to start off with. So there's going to be children who are really, really bored. And I know my own children can't wait to see their friends again. And actually, you might argue that schools are not social, but I think anyone that's ever taught or been a parent or remembers school knows that schools are social places. And actually, that's going to be really important to allow children to have time to reconnect um, and to share their Stories. So there's quite a lot of psychology to say that when something big like this happens, we need to share our stories as a way of kind of making meaning of it, putting it into perspective and also reconnecting, re-establishing attachments with each other and, and with teachers. Because, again, that's how we feel safe. We learn best when we trust the people we're learning with. And, and the teachers. So I think schools need to think about how to create opportunities for children to share stories. And that might well be through more creative subjects. So obviously drama, music, art have, have through the years, you know, through the eons have been used by um, humans as way of expressing big events and I think um, there's research by a guy called Bessel van der Kolk who says actually creativity and physical movement are really necessary at this time where our bodies are carrying a lot of stress then actually things like yoga, PE, running, art, music, all these forms of self-expression which usually are pushed to the periphery of the curriculum I think need to come much further forward so that children have got a chance to make meaning and express what they've um, been through and I think teachers need to be every you know lots of the big schools have a counsellor in school um, but actually this is going to be a much much bigger job you know staff are going to need to up their listening skills there may be a new way of um, form tutors and class tutors in in primary schools just really developing empathetic listening skills because you know, the density of population that are going to have been affected by this. It, one counsellor per school, two counsellors per school isn't 
going to be enough to support the young people who, who've had such a momentous change in their lives, haven't they? Um, and, and will have different understandings of it. Some of them will have been saturated in the news and really know maybe way too much. And some will have been quite sheltered from the news and so, so trying to balance that. And then I think the other thing is homeschooling. Everybody, uh, you know, some parents are really assiduously homeschooling with children who are very diligent. Um, and then other parents may be working at home or, uh, or finding it too difficult and children not engaging. So again, we might need to rethink. We've always traditionally put children in age groups, but actually there's no real reason for that. Um, we, there's nothing to stop us saying, right, OK, people that uh, can do this in maths could all go in this group, and that could be a variety of ages, so some sort of cross-age teaching. Um, and I think we really need to be mindful of the sense I'm hearing lots of parents talking about, oh, um, are my children going to fall behind? Um, and I hear schools talking about catching up, and actually there is what catching up with what? <laughs> Falling behind with what? You know, they've got the rest of their lives to get education, and actually it, it's up to the schools uh, and to adapt to that and, uh, and what we saw when schools were open is that schools can be really agile and really responsive and really adaptive to to what needs to happen um and i think i'm sure they're thinking about some of these things um, that need to be in place so yeah and understanding what loss and grief looks like so it, whether it's been people who've had lost people through death or where jobs have been lost, or where lifestyle has been lost. You know, often there's a lot, we understand that people are going to feel sad, but often there's a lot of anger around with that, anger and possibly blame. And, and obviously anger in a school, we're used to dealing with anger in school from often a small percentage of children, but there might be a larger percentage of children who are feeling angry, frustrated. Um, what's the point of being here when their lives have changed so much? So I think that's why it's really important to just make space for their stories, their experience and their emotions, because until they've kind of found a way to think about this, the psychology would suggest that they're going to find it very difficult to go on with, um, you know, moving towards GCSEs. And we might even need to rethink, well, what do we, you know, what matters in education? I think this could be an opportunity to say, well, are we going to make them come in and sit down and do, um, you know, the Battle of Hastings in 1066? Is that what is important? Or actually, do we need to be reconsidering kind of global medicine and um, the way that this virus has travelled and what that means for the world? Because actually, this generation of children... Um, are going to be the future generation who are going on to solve these kind of problems, who need to have a more global perspective, who need to have a more holistic approach. So actually maybe this is a chance for education to really change um, the model for teaching in response to this crisis and, and to prepare our children for what the world they're going into a bit more. Julie, thank you very much. That's Julie Leone, teacher and psychotherapist in Oswestry. <laughs> 